What's up, ladies and gents, and welcome back to another episode of Wolfie's Gaming Den. So, here we are. It's episode 26? I think it's 26. It's getting really bad that I'm already losing track of these episodes, because it's not like I've done a ton, right? I just, like, I feel like I go in, and I only remember what episode I'm on because I can see the previous the previous week on my phone. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is going to be episode 26. And I didn't do that this time, so I'm like, I have no idea where the hell I'm at. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Not a big deal. I don't think episode... I, I have episodes so people can keep track. And by people, I mean me, so I can keep track of where I am. And I already do a bad job of it. So who, who needs episode numbers? But anyway, episode 26, uh, probably. <laughs> Um, and we've got, a, we got a lot to cover here today. So, I mean, we've got some Pokemon Direct stuff that happened. That was pretty cool. We've got, um, a bit of some Xbox Series X news, which isn't too bad. Uh, PlayStation, you know, they're in the news regarding E3 again. And we got some big game delays, uh, you know, which makes for good talk, right? I, I don't think they're bad. But anyway, this is Wolfie's Gaming Den, a video game podcast where I, your host, Alex Wolf, talk to you about the latest video game news and other timely topics in the industry. If you're a fan of the show, by all means, head on over to anchor.fm slash Wolfie's Gaming Den and hit subscribe or use your other uh, favored streaming podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. What else am I on? Spotify? I don't know. So Anchor, who cares? Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple. Those are the big four there. By all means, like, comment, subscribe. Let me know how I'm doing. All right, let's just get into it. So it's early for me, technically. I mean, it's 11.30 right now where I'm at as I'm recording this. But I don't have work today, so I'm sleeping in. Sorry if that gulp from me drinking coffee is loud. I apologize. And I'm just too lazy to hit the mute button, so... You can hear all my glurping sounds. But yeah, anyway, so it's um, it's early, so if I seem a little off, it's because I'm like, I'm a grumpy-ass old man when I wake up. Like, the grumpiest of old men when I wake up. Or when I'm getting ready for bed. I The mood changes from like, you know, oh, hey, you know, how's it going? Laid back kind of guy, just doing whatever, drink a beer or two, watch some TV. So like, holy fuck, I'm done with the day. And I just got up. Like, I don't care. Whatever. But anyway, I digress. So we're going to kick things off here with the, um, you know, I'm going to talk about what I've been playing recently first. So I've actually started um, after finishing Star Wars, which I enjoyed the ending, right? Honestly, the ending was the best part of that game. Like the last maybe half hour or so of that game, my favorite part. Everything else, meh, whatever. Um, I hope if, I mean, there will eventually be a sequel, I'm sure, uh, that they take a bit more time to polish it, I think. Uh, get a better feel of what they're trying to, a better idea of what they're trying to accomplish with it. It'll be hard to see, honestly, just because they've probably had some impressive sales numbers. I haven't looked at those, but I know critically it's doing pretty well with reviews. So hopefully, you know, they don't take that. Oh, it's, oh, okay. We don't have to change up too much where I was, I would like to see a, a few more improvements upon what they've got going on. But I recently started my quest, you know, furthered my quest in finishing some of the bigger games of 2019 and catching up with those with the Outer Worlds. Now, while I haven't played a ton of this game, I've kind of just I've finished the first big quest in Halcyon, the world you're on. Um, and I just finished that first main quest. I did a bunch of side quests in order before completing it, and I'm enjoying it so far. It's pretty. 
uh, it makes me wonder why Fallout games can't be pretty. I don't now. While I believe the Outer Worlds isn't as big as a Fallout game, it you know, I, I want to say it's comparable still. I mean, so it's probably about as big as, I mean, Fallout Three, right? I can't imagine the Outer Worlds is smaller than Fallout Three was, and this looks better than Fallout Three. Whereas Fallout Three looks like a, a low grade early PS2 game, in my opinion. This game, you know, with the size of what it has and what's going on with it and how much is being done, I believe is good looking as it can be without causing issues, in my opinion. So I like that. I like the colors that pop. Um, I think some of the characters are pretty interesting so far. Like I said, I haven't interacted with too much. Gameplay is pretty, pretty simple. And, you know, for me, so games like this, like Fallout, Skyrim, Outer Worlds, games of that nature are typically pretty overwhelming for me. Just because there's so much going on and so much to do and maintain and manage, I'm like, holy hell, this is not why I play a game. This seems like a chore. Um, not to mention, if I were to go so far into it and then stop and play something else and come back, I would be lost. I'd have no fucking clue what I was doing. Um, so it's like, man, I'm really intimidated by playing those games, so I typically stay away from them. But I really wanted to try the Outer Worlds because I felt like it, I don't know why, but it had a different vibe to me. It was... It seemed like, oh, you know what? I can get behind this. I'll, I can play this. This will be fun. I, I can enjoy this. I can I can grasp this. So, so far, so good. I'm having that. I'm still, I still have that vibe. Um, I hope to play more uh, during the long weekend here um, and really get a really, really, really good chunk of time taken out and kind of, I guess, have a better impression, a more, a larger impression than I have now. Um, so we'll, we'll see about that. But anyways, Pokemon Direct. Uh, so this was on, was it the 13th? I took these notes on the 13th, so I believe it was either then or earlier in the week. Anyway, doesn't matter. So big news, Pokemon Sword and Shield are getting an expansion pass. So this is the first time ever kind of deal. No Pokemon games ever had like expansions for it. Um, at least no mainline game. And that's, that's, that's huge. So this is replacing the kind of traditional enhanced combo version. So things a la like uh, Pokemon Yellow, Crystal, Emerald, Platinum, um, and Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, Black and White 2. Like this this takes place of that. And I think it's a good move because now instead of having to, one, go buy an upgraded version of the game you played a year or two before and then re-experience generally the same story, you know, with some enhancements here and there and a few different variations. You you buy the game once, you beat the main story, and now we can just continue adding on to the story you have. So you can conti- you continue that progression with the character you've already created and you don't have to start over with your Pokemon again. Um, I mean, you could always trade them over in previous games, but it's like why you could do that, but then you've got to get the badges for them to obey you and things of that nature with and all that crap but this you keep what you've got going on and you just move forward so that's awesome i i really appreciate that i think that's going to be a, that's a good move for them now a lot of people are kind of bummed about the pricing you know it's priced at 29.99 and it's like for each uh and that's you and what kind of threw me off is that you'll have to buy the expansion for each game it doesn't just like you don't buy the expansion it works on either sword or shield you have to buy it twice i think that's kind of weird um because, I mean, sure, they'll have different variances in the game and everything, but you think that'd just be an essence of code? I don't know. I could be wrong. I, I'm not a developer by any means to know what I'm talking about when it comes to that. But, you know, so that's there. But a lot of people seem to be annoyed with the price being 30 bucks, And I'm like, 
why you're getting two big expansions spread throughout the year. Uh, they're adding new Pokemon, new forms, uh, you know, over bringing back 200 Pokemon, you know, so that's that. And then new stories and new outfits. Like I think 30 bucks for a pass isn't bad, especially when it's extending upon the game you have now. Whereas typically you'd have to go out and buy the new enhanced version of the game for the same price you bought the first game for, you know? So in this case, if they were to release, release an enhanced version of Sword and Shield, you'd be spending another 60 bucks per game. Right, and that's yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Where here you're buying one for thirty bucks. I think that's reasonable. I don't think that's a problem. Um, so you've got two expansions, as I mentioned, um, being the Isle of Armor uh, coming by the end of June, and the Crown Tundra uh, coming in the fall. So as I mentioned also before, that they're bringing back two hundred Pokemon uh, from past generations, and that kind of bothers me, just because of all of the flack that happened. Um, with the lack of a national dex being there and how many people threw a fit about it and how Game Freak stood their ground and said, sorry, no, we're not doing it just for balancing issues, this, that, and the other. Like, they gave genuine reasons as to why they weren't going to do it. And I understood and I was fine with it. I think it forced people to actually try to use a new Pokemon and figure out new strategies of that nature. It worked. So to go back on that and bring in 200 more Pokemon, now granted that's not all of the Pokemon missing, that's a big chunk. Like, that's at least a fourth or a fifth of the Pokemon that are missing from the game. And it already had like 400, I think, in there. So it's, well, I don't even think it had, I don't think it had 400. But still, this is, like, come on, really? Now, granted, some of these Pokemon are just Pokemon with new Galarian forms, uh, which are really cool. And then there are a handful of new Pokemon coming, most notably some legendaries. Um, it's still just a, I don't know, it's annoying. I feel like it may this may have been a decision. I don't know if this is something I've had planned from the beginning. Or it was just a matter of, like, they didn't realize they'd get so much... It, Okay, I imagine they got, they knew they would get some hate for not having a national dex, but I don't think they were imagining how much hate they were going to get from not having a national dex. And this is their their compromise. So I don't know. I could be wrong. Again, this is all just speculation for me. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. But the new Galarian forms look pretty cool. You've got Gigantamax forms for not only, you got Blastoids and Venusaur. Uh, I think they showed off some Galarian forms of... Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres. Uh, that, those look pretty cool. I'm, it's really exciting to see different variations of past legendaries. I think that's something new uh, that should have been explored in the past with all the different forms and things that have happened with legendary Pokemon. So it's really cool to see them kind of get some new original designs uh, for older Pokemon. It's really cool. I enjoy it. You'll also see some new max raid battles, uh, new outfits for your avatars, uh, a couple new characters. Now, what I think is really cool is how they're doing it is like you can jumpstart the story here by meeting uh, two new characters, either Clara or Avery, depending on the game you have. And it kind of kicks off where the story will be going with the pass, uh, but it allows you a chance to catch a Galarian Slowpoke. So you can catch a Galarian Pokemon right off the bat, a new Galarian Pokemon right off the bat, and be ready and prep for it. Um, now, it's really cool if you don't purchase the expansions, there still will be a, day, a new patch that I believe is available now for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, allowing you to still have access to the new Pokemon uh, coming to the game. So now while you won't be able to catch them in the wild, you can still uh, access these Pokemon through Pokemon Home and Trades. Uh, so that's there. Speaking of Pokemon Home, it is launching February of this year. Uh, kind of weird they didn't give a solid date when we're about two weeks out now from that month. But 
probably like a silent drop here. Uh, I'm curious to see how it, well it works and what it does. I mean, I can't imagine it would fail too badly because, I mean, the Pokemon Bank worked out pretty well. Um, so we'll see about that. All in all, I think there was a pretty good, decent chunk of meaty news for the new Pokemon games. I'm excited. I think it's a little... It kind of sucks that you have to wait quite a while, especially if you beat the game relatively soon after it launched. You're like, well, what do I do now? Like, unless you're out just constantly doing max raid battles just to kill time and you really want to explore the game, um, and you probably haven't touched it in a while, I would imagine, unless you're playing online competitively, uh, too. And now you're like, oh man, now I gotta hop back into this, like almost six months later, kind of just pick up where you left off and try to remember what it all does, what this and the other. It just seems like a, a long gap. Now you could also be like me, who made it to the epilogue of the game and didn't finish it yet. <laughs> so I can hop right in and still have time to kill in that. I don't have as long as a wait. So that, that'll be fun. I mean, granted, it's still a Pokemon game. At the end of the day, the core concept and gameplay is still there. Not too hard to pick up and go with. But I can understand some frustration and some annoyances there. Um, also coming with the Pokemon Direct was the announce of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. So it's a remake of the original uh, Pokemon Rescue Team uh, games from 2006 on the DS. There's a demo available now, which is really cool, and I believe it gets you some extra stuff for the full game purchase when it launches um, relatively soon. I believe it's March? I could be wrong on that. I forgot to take the date down. Um, but really cool to see. It looks I like the art style it's going with. I've never played one of the Mystery Dungeon games. Uh, they weren't my cup of tea back then, but I'm older. I'm wiser. I'm willing to try new things. So I might try this out. It'll be fun. I still need to download the demo. I also need to get my Galarian Slowpoke. But that's what we got for Pokemon news. Next up, this is a bit of a smaller piece here for um, the Xbox Series X. So Matt Booty in an interview with um, MCV announced that... Um, there more than likely will be no Xbox Series X exclusive for a for one to two years. So what that means is there won't be any Xbox first-party games or exclusive games coming strictly to Xbox Series X. They will be available on both the Xbox Series X, the Xbox One, and the Xbox One as well. And I imagine probably games for Xbox PC games, whatever they're calling it. Uh, I'm not sure... Their ecosystem is still taking some use to get to, okay? Some getting used to, if I could speak English. Like I said, it's early for me, okay? Give me some slack. I've only had two cups of coffee, and I need at least five. But anyway, so that, I think, is a fine idea. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Honestly, if they were to say we will never have, you know, never have exclusives on the Xbox Series X, just... The game will run better, it'll look smoother, and it might have some exclusive features on the Xbox Series X that you may not see on the Xbox One. How sizable those difference are, differences are, you know, up to them, just so they can in, at least entice consumers to purchase the next Xbox. But I mean, it's the same thing with iPhones, right? Like, you download your apps and everything, and eventually they cut you off. But for the most part, you can go back at least three or four generations on your phone um, and still play newer apps, and it works just fine. Sure, there'll be some processing error, it might run a little slower than this, that, and the other, but... At the end of the day, you could still use it. I think this is fine for them. I think it, again, really creates that ecosystem and them trying to have people, quote unquote, jump in and play. Uh, and um, I just lost train of thought. But yeah, uh, sorry. God, I am. Oh my God, I am a 
Oh, I'm an old man in the morning. Seriously, I can't keep up with anything. Imagine, like, I don't know how I keep up with work on a regular basis without really I get there. And I'm like, I no wonder I'm always frazzled when I get in. But I think it's fine for them to have this ecosystem because one with the with the multiplayer fan base that Xbox has with Xbox Live, um, the amount of people who like playing with their friends and everything. This is this is huge. So the online community can grow uh, more so because not you're not. The amount of people you'll play with online now, like when you play the new Halo game, right, will be huge because you will always have a pool of players because you have people playing on Xbox One and Xbox Series X. So that that's that community just grows. It doesn't stifle anything, which is awesome. I think, again, it continues to play off of Microsoft's uh, uh, ecosystem I, um, that they're trying to build. I think it's huge. I think it's a fine idea. I don't, like I said, I think if they were to say, oh, we'll never have an exclusive Xbox Series X game, I don't think I'd ever be upset at that. I think it would work out just fine. Um, especially with the PC community, you know, like you can still like play an older PC game on a newer PC and then play a newer PC game on an older PC. Just you may have some variances and details and exclusive things you can do. And that's it. That's only because of the power of the thing. Like, you know, that's just going to happen. But, you know, no one complains about it. So, anyway, next up, we have PlayStation skipping E3 2020. So, I found this is a bit of a shock, simply because they have a new console on the horizon. You'd think they'd want to generate some buzz around the consoles um, at, you know, one of the bigger, uh, well, probably the most notable video game event out there. But... There's side not to. At the same time, I can understand why. I feel like the PlayStation 4 reveal in February of 20... 2013, I think it was? Probably, yeah, I think it was 2013. I think that generated more talk and more buzz than the actual reveal of the console at E3 that same year. And here, just because they talked about everything the console could do already, they talked about things of that nature. Um, the only thing they didn't do with that show was actually show what it looked like, you know. So when they got to E3, they announced that you know I think they showed off a few games that were coming as well. But I mean, if and you know the star of the show though is the announcement of the next gen console. So if they do another reveal event like that and already and they've already got games lined up, obviously. Um, with, you know, just God of War, Spider-Man, Last of Us, you know, and then I'm sure some new IPs coming. Like, they more likely already have this down the pipe because, it's, you know, they've got a nice system going. They know what they're doing now. They know how to... They've adapted well. I, I think if they just do that, they don't need to be at E3. There's no reason for them to be. Like, especially in the day and age where everything is streamed online and, you know, and then E3... And how crowded E3 can get and how much time you're allotted because you have to plan around everyone else's schedule like you can't run a playstation presser at the same time as xbox and make sure that you don't have to worry about that you do it on your own volition on your own time and on your own and do it your own way so it, it's freedom it's creative freedom i think it i think it's still a i think this is a fine move looking back at it i was kind of bummed that they weren't at e3 last year but i get it i i think it's gonna be it's totally fine um so there's that some really big news also and honestly so i love january or at least the first quarter of the year in video games because i feel like the holiday buzz is finally slowing down right there's news pouring out because people are trying to get the information out on their new products of that nature 
um, and things of that and things like that. But this time around, we've got a handful of delays. And to be honest, I am totally in favor of all of these delays because February and March alone were going to kill me because I don't have time because I still need to finish the Outer Worlds. And then I don't have money to afford all of these games coming out because the majority of them I actually want to play and really like, like I'm excited, right? So first things first, Iron Man VR is delayed from February 28th to May 15th. That kind of came as a shock to me. Just because I don't think it's going to be a massive, massive game. And the little bits that we've seen were fine. But at the same time, there's only little bits. We never saw a whole lot of this game. So while I'm shocked it's getting delayed, I can totally understand it. Because it chances are they were hoping that they could push up in February. But then they realized we haven't, we, we still have so much more to do. And there's probably just some, some polishing here and there. So they're pushing that to May 15th, which is okay. Again, while it was a title I wanted to play, I don't think it's something that I was like... It wasn't high up on my list anyway. Um, next, also kind of following that trend. So while my Iron Man VR fell on May 15th, Marvel's Avenger originally slated for May 15th, was pushed back to September 4th. I think out of all of the, all of the delays... This one was the most needed. That game, since being, since showing off gameplay and more since E3 last year, has just looked rough and rough and rough. I have not been impressed by the game once. Like I look at it, I'm like, this doesn't look great. It looks like, it looks like the, the epitome of what a cash grab off of a licensed franchise is. Especially, and it's disappointing coming from a developer such as Crystal Dynamics. Like I mean, they. The last three Tomb Raider games they've done uh, since rebooting it have been phenomenal. All of them look gorgeous. They all play well. I'm a huge fan of them. And then we get this. You know, they have a licensed IP where they just have to develop an original story. But at the same time, they have characters and everything and other inspiration to draw on. It seems like they just couldn't nail this one. And that's like, really? Come on. You've got so much material out there you could adapt and use. And character designs look bad. The gameplay just looks uninspired. I'm like, man, that's kind of... That's kind of disappointing, but who knows? So hopefully this delay will change up a lot. I honestly hope we don't see any more of this game until E3, and at E3 we see the improvements they've made, hopefully. Um, like going back a little earlier in the year, so Final Fantasy VII Remake, while being delayed, it's not a huge one. It's just being delayed from March 3rd to April 10th. It's only a month, um, so again, probably some last-minute polish. I think that's fine, you know? It, it, March was becoming a stacked, stacked month. And it's getting stifled. And as far as I know, April doesn't have anything large anymore. Especially after this next delay of Cyberpunk 2077 being moved from April to September 17th. And the multiplayer now being pushed to come in 2021. This one was a bit surprising. Because Cyberpunk's been in development for quite a while. And it seemed like it was moving along pretty well. Like, you know, it was on schedule. Everything was fine. Everything was going well. Uh, just going great for them. And so this delay was a little surprising. Granted, CD Projekt Red is really good about taking care of their games, as we've seen with um, The Witcher 3, the most recent one, uh, getting a lot of love and care into it and a lot of polish and things of that nature. So I imagine they're putting in the same uh, care they put into that into this game. And you know if there's a developer out there that's going to take care of what they need to take care of, it's them. So I think it's a fine move. Um Again, it kind of spreads out games more throughout the year, which is good because I don't like those years where games are coming out and they're just all in one spot. And like I, I want to play all of those games, but I don't have the time or the money to go out and just buy all three and then play a bunch back to back to back. And then all of a sudden I have this massive dry spell and I'm waiting to like fall for anything big to come out. 
or at least not big, but anything I'm interested in to come out. So having them a little more spread throughout the year is nice for me. And I bet it's nice for the for the average consumer as well. I mean, I'm not the average consumer, I don't think. I think I'm a, you know, I'm an informed purchaser. I probably spend more on video games than I should. So there's that. But anyway, guys, that's all I've got for you this time around. Um, going to try to play some more Outer Worlds. Hopefully some more news and stuff comes through so I have something to talk about next time I'm on here. And yeah, that's all I got for you. You guys take it easy. I'll see you next time.